Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. We can help your company and your employees look forward to tomorrow. We know Irish life. We are Irish life. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, and this week our focus is on jobs and foreign direct investment. The IDA has had another record year with its client companies creating a net 11,800 jobs in 2016 from 244 investments. I'll be talking to IDA Chief Executive Martin Shanahan about this and the challenges posed by Brexit and Donald Trump's election as US President. And don't forget you can download Inside Business for free from iTunes and it's also available on our website irishtimes.com forward slash podcasts. And if you'd like to make any comments or suggestions about Inside Business you can contact us by email at businesspodcasts at irishtimes.com. Now, I'm joined in studio by IDA Chief Executive Martin Shanahan to discuss the highs and lows of 2016. Employment at IDA companies now stands at a record high of just under 200,000 people. Martin, you're very welcome. Uh, A record year, just under 19,000 FDI jobs created last year by IDA companies across a range of sectors. Talk us through the numbers. Yeah, so uh, I think, as you said in your intro there, uh, Kieran, um, just under 200,000 people employed in FDI companies, in in foreign multinationals, essentially in Ireland. And if we, I suppose, look at the indirect impact, uh, we would estimate that uh, up to 340,000 people are actually jobs depend on foreign direct investment um, in Ireland. Uh, This year, um, as you mentioned, just under uh, 19,000 jobs created. Net, when we take out some of the jobs that are lost, Mm. just under 12,000 jobs uh, uh, created uh, in the economy. the, the 200,000 is an all-time high for um, for IDA. Martin, what, what was the figure around 2008 when the economy crashed and uh, recession started to bite? Yeah, so we would have been at around 150,000 at that time um, and uh, there has been a, a significant uh, recovery. Mm. We now see um, the rate of jobs growth um, at its um, highest level since probably 99-2000. The uh, net jobs increase is uh, significant. Uh, We would have to go back quite a significant number of years to see a net jobs increase, uh, the likes of what we've seen this year and last year. We are two years into our current five-year strategy and I suppose from our perspective, the positive here is that we are well on track in the new strategy We've set very ambitious targets for um, employment creation over the five years, 80,000 new jobs, uh, 900 new investments and the 
first two years have seen us going a long way towards um, achieving uh, those targets. Achieving those goals. Okay, so 244 investments. What kind of industries? Uh, talk us through some of the big ones, the big hitting ones. What industries, uh, what big names might we recognise? I, I suppose from my perspective, the fact that we have seen all sectors performing is uh, hugely important. The um, investments have come in financial services. So we have, for instance, First Data announcing their new R&D centre in Nina. Uh, we've seen uh, investments uh, in pharmaceuticals and medical devices. Uh, companies like uh, Alexion, a company like uh, Nexvet out of Australia investing in a new um, animal pharmaceutical um, uh, facility in um, Tullamore. Uh, we've seen investments in um, food companies, um, Coca-Cola uh, announcing an expansion in um, Ballina. Technology and business services always strong performance from our perspective and very strong performers uh, in, in 2016. Um, we have seen uh, Facebook uh, announce their investment uh, in a, a new uh, data centre in Clonee. We've seen also Shire uh, invest in a, a pharmacy facility in Clonee and Meath. So uh, a quite a wide regional mm. dispersion of the investments, very strong names and across all of the uh, major sectors. Yeah, mind you, Apple did run into some problems in Athenry. It has run into some problems uh, with planning uh, in Athenry, isn't it, for a data centre there? So, so Apple is going through the planning process and the planning process allows for, um, you know, uh, an appeal and, and but that's the, the planning process and it's an independent process and I think everybody respects that and uh, my expectation is that everybody will work through the process and that there will be an outcome Right and a positive one? Uh, I don't preempt the outcomes of these things. Uh, I, I'll await uh, the outcome, but my ho- my hope is that it is um, a positive outcome, and it, it is a huge investment. Uh, it, uh, uh, our potential investment. It, um, Apple um, would invest up to eight hundred and fifty million euro in the development of um, a data center in Athenry. It would have a transformative um, impact on Athenry and on that region for um, decades to come if that investment was to come true. Okay, now you, you mentioned uh, regional disbursement for a lot of these jobs um, and you can see from the numbers that there is, I mean, the, the growth in Dublin and the Mideast uh, was 6%, but it was 5% for the southwest, it was 10% for the Mideast, uh, 8% for, for the west. But they might be asking in the Midlands uh, where they've forgotten about because it was only 1% uh, in the Midlands. Um, so what happened there? Was it just a, a quirk? Was it just one of those years or uh, is the Midlands being left behind? No, I don't think it's been left behind. But obviously, what we're aiming for is um, uh, as much regional investment as possible. Uh, Regional investment is a key part of the new strategy. We have set a target of a 30 to 40 percent increase in investments in all regions over the five years. Um, As you've said, the results um, for this year are extremely positive. We've seen growth in all regions and we shouldn't take that for granted. Uh, It isn't that long since um, you know, we were in negative uh, territory. So the fact that all regions have retained and are growing jobs is extremely uh, positive. Uh, it is true to say that where uh, there is um, less population uh, density uh, or where um, there aren't um, 
urban areas with critical mass that it is more difficult and more challenging. That is just the nature of trying to attract foreign direct investment. The uh, trend worldwide is that more and more foreign direct investment mm. goes into larger urban areas. So we're trying to, in effect, book the trend by uh, getting investments into smaller areas and, and smaller towns. But I think, uh, you know, I mentioned some of the investments uh, that we've had, which are extremely regionally uh, spread and not alone regionally spread, but also in a lot of large towns and not in the, the, the cities, although all of the cities have done extremely well. So um, I think, uh, you know, we will continue to market all of the, the regions. And then, yes, it does vary year to year. So in, in, in any but one year, you can see... New jobs, uh, in, in fairness, Martin, only 58 new jobs in, in the Midlands, net new jobs from IDA companies in the Midlands. It's disappointing, we, isn't it? We, we have uh, extremely um, good investments um, and good uh, companies in the Midlands. There are over 4,000 people employed in the Midlands in FDI companies, we have some great companies um, there, the likes of uh, Ericsson, the likes of um, PPD, the likes of uh, Teleflex. And uh, our ambition is always to get uh, more investment. But as I've said, it is challenging and it is challenging not alone in the Midlands, but in all regions. Nobody should be under any illusions about this. We are competing internationally uh, with uh, other countries in Europe, in Asia, in the US, all of which can accommodate this foreign direct investment. So we have to make the case every single day, not alone for the regions, but for Ireland in sure. uh, the first instance. OK, so nearly 19,000 new jobs, but as you mentioned, some jobs were lost as well. Just over 6,000 uh, lost in 2016. Just give us a little flavour for where those uh, where, where those jobs were lost. What industries are we talking about? Yeah, again, I would say uh, quite... Um, Broadly spread. Um, so uh, they aren't unique to any particular industry, albeit that uh, we did see some um, declines in the traditional pharma sector. So, uh, th- you know, the pharma sector is supposed to be developing. A lot of the new investments are in the biopharmaceutical uh, side and some of the traditional plants uh, have found it more difficult uh, to compete. But uh, beyond that, uh, a pretty even spread, both sectorally and regionally, Losses at an all-time low in mm. um, 2016. Um, uh, the, the turnover um, uh, and attrition was 3% of the entire portfolio. Uh, that's a historical low. Over the past 10 years, it has averaged out at about 7% um, per annum. Um, it's, it's unlikely, I think, that uh, the low level of losses w- would continue at that rate. It is part of the normal churn uh, within sectors where you know, we win new investments, but some investments are no longer competitive for whatever reason. Um, the the product is uh, no longer competitive, and so on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's look at two thousand and seventeen. What's in the pipeline? What are you What are you uh, forecasting for this year? So um, we are cautiously optimistic about uh, twenty seventeen. The optimism comes from the track record and the momentum that we have seen over the past two years. And my expectation is that that will continue into 2017 and particularly into the first quarter of um, 2017, which we have uh, sight of. Um, but the, uh, I suppose the caution comes from the fact that there is uh, significant turmoil in the markets. There, um, is, uh, We have Brexit to contend with, uh, change of administration in uh, the US, uh, a lot of uncertainty around. And um, so 
we obviously have taken that on board. Um, we are actively working with companies um, uh, from a, uh, that are uh, considering... Uh, well, let's talk about Brexit then. How many inquiries have you? Everybody wants to know what Brexit is going to mean for Ireland. And obviously there are potential gains, uh, I guess, out of it, but there could be some losses and you've signalled that yourself today. There could be some job losses. Out of so let's just talk a little bit about Brexit. How many inquiries, let's say, have you had from overseas companies about relocating here? So we've had over 100 inquiries uh, to date um, and they continue on a, a weekly basis. Um, they have come from all corners of the globe, so US, Asia and from Europe and uh, within the UK. Uh, they um, at the moment are pre- predominantly from the financial services sector, but not exclusively. We have also had um, Brexit-related inquiries in the technology space and in the um, pharma space. Uh, companies have been doing their due diligence. In the first instance, a lot of that is desk-based uh, due diligence, where they're looking at their options in a post-Brexit mm. uh, referendum world. Brexit obviously hasn't happened yet. And then, uh, I think in more recent uh, weeks, they have moved uh, to the more tangible, where they're actually site-visiting. Uh, and we have had site visits from companies over the past. Uh, don't have an exact figure on that uh, at the moment. And... Um, my expectation is that by the second quarter of this year that we um, may see some um, decisions in relation to wh- what companies are now going to do to ensure access to the European market in um, a post-Brexit mm-hmm. world. And that's what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to make certain that they have access to the European market, come what may. And at the moment, they don't know what will come. That's the point that uh, so nobody can say at the moment what that will look like. Potentially. Um, what's the highest number of jobs you think that we might gain as a result of Brexit? Or what's the range? What kind of range are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in um, the space where I'm speculating on that, uh, Kieran. I, I, I mean, the reality is there will be some investments and jobs associated with Brexit. It is far too early to say. Um, it, uh, the UK hasn't even triggered Article 50 yet. Uh, so just to put it in a context, to start talking about the numbers mm. of jobs, I think, would be premature. But there will well, be we know they're leaving. I mean, she's, uh, Theresa May has said Brexit will mean Brexit um, and companies will want to make decisions sooner rather than later. Yeah, they're and not going to wait for the protracted negotiations. I, and I, I completely agree completely. with that. And I, I have said that myself, that I believe that, uh, you know, the uh, companies and what they're telling us is that the commercial timeline and the political timeline are incompatible and that... They will make decisions uh, before everything is resolved, but it is too premature to start suggesting. I mean, what I do know is, and what I can share with you is that we have a target of 80,000 new jobs Mm. to be created uh, by 2019. We have a target for 900 investments, and my challenge is to make sure we deliver on Mm. that. Mm. And there will be both upside and downside um, uh, in relation to Brexit. There will be uh, a small number of companies within uh, the IDA client portfolio who are heavily exposed uh, to the UK uh, from an exporting perspective. Um, uh, and there will be some impact there also. Uh, We also uh, have yet to see the articulation in detail of the policies of the new US administration. We have to see what they look like when uh, they come on board. So uh, there's a lot to play at. Yeah. Um, Just in terms of jobs that might be lost again, any sense of how many uh, might be at risk? No, I'm not. I'm not in the space of speculating on that either. But uh, as I've said already, um, you know, this year, 3% of the portfolio, um, uh, jobs portfolio, uh, was the attrition. Um, that is a, an all-time low. Um, 
it could increase uh, over the, the coming year. That is, that is possible. How many companies would you be worried about as part of your portfolio that might migrate certain functions out of Ireland? So um, I think it's a small, it's a relatively small number. Um, uh, there are thirteen hundred and uh, over thirteen hundred um, companies in the in the portfolio. In terms of those that are very heavily exposed to the UK in terms of their current export, uh, exports, and I stress uh, their current uh, exports, it would be in the tens. Um, and uh, then there would be a, a broader number that maybe would have uh, more than thirty percent of their exports going to the UK. Um, whether any of those, um, you know, might ultimately, it might ultimately impact in Ireland is still an open question. Our part of our role, obviously, and which maybe distinguishes us from other investment promotion agencies, we don't just work with companies to get them here. We work with them while they're here. We work with them on developing new mandates. We work with them on, on, on how they sustain their activities in Ireland. Our role will be to minimise the amount of uh, impact from Brexit. Yeah, and... Are you comfortable that we have a, a financial regulation system that, that will be capable of absorbing a large number of new uh, companies into the market here? And the ECB has made clear that it really doesn't want brass plate type operations coming here. Operations where, you know, 20, 30 people, mostly drivers or secretaries is how they've put it. They want uh, meaningful trading activities to move if they are going to come here. So I unequivocally, yes, I am happy that we um, uh, can cope with that and that the regulator uh, will be able to uh, cope with that. Um, I think the regulator itself has made it very clear in recent weeks and months uh, at a number of different levels that um, they will add whatever capacity that is mm -hmm. required, that they are engaging with um, companies and uh, and where, um, you know, there is additional uh, new skills or capacities required that they they have the wherewithal to add that They've also been capacity. telling us that they're having trouble retaining staff and recruiting new staff because of the public pe uh, sector uh, pay issues uh, that are that are around. I, I think, you know, I, I think to look at these things, Kieran, from a kind of a, an international perspective where, um, you know, we're in competition with others. And uh, as I look across uh, Europe, uh, all um, regulators, I think, at this point are um, trying to um, work out how they cope with what is a new dynamic, uh, the potential for the UK and particularly the city of London, potentially to be outside of the European Union. It, uh, it, none of these things are unique to the Irish uh, regulator. Mm. I think the Irish regulator has made it clear it will do what it needs to do in order to engage with companies and they are engaging with companies currently. Only 29% of us know how much we need to live on in retirement. Irish Life is changing that with Empower, a new approach to company pensions that helps change the way your employees think about their future. For more, go to irishlifeempower.ie or talk to your pension consultant. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information sourced for Irish Life June 2015. Well, let's talk about Donald Trump. Nobody would have predicted a year ago, I think, that he'd, uh, he'd end up as uh, United States president. But uh, so it will be from uh, January 20th. Um, and he has talked of slashing corporate tax rates and bringing jobs back home, etc., which on the face of it um, doesn't sound uh, great for countries like Ireland who are trying to attract uh, US companies in, in, in FDI terms. Are you concerned that a Donald Trump administration might put the brakes somewhat on American investment in Ireland? No, I think concern would be a too strong a word. Um, you know, I think the first thing we need to do is 
await uh, the detail of any policies that the new administration might um, propose. We haven't seen that detail yet. Uh, I think, yes, um, the expectation is that there is likely to be uh, tax reform uh, in in the US. Uh, That has been heralded for quite a number of years, it has to be said. Uh, There is an expectation there may be something around the repatriation of profits. And there is also an expectation in some quarters that the new administration may be uh, a little more protectionist. Uh, Having said all of that, um, I think there is also uh, an acknowledgement that the new administration will be uh, quite pro-business and where the US has traditionally done well, so has Ireland. The reality is that US companies um, will continue to internationalise. They will continue to internationalise and locate in other um, uh, jurisdictions because they need to access the market and you can't uh, access a European market necessarily from the US. They will need to access the skills and capability uh, in those markets and they will need to access the innovation and R&D that exists. No country, no continent Mm. has a monopoly on those things. So my expectation is we will continue to see US companies going abroad and that Ireland will win a significant share of that. Has the Apple tax ruling by the European Commission um, telling us that we basically have to collect 13 billion in back taxes from Apple. Uh, Has that been damaging to foreign direct investment in Ireland? I don't think it has been damaging at this point. Um, But uh, as I have said uh, previously and at the time of the decision, I think if the decision stands, it, it potentially is not alone damaging for Ireland, but it's damaging for Europe in terms of attracting foreign direct investment. Investors want uh, to be sure that um, when they decide to invest, that the rules that apply at that time and that that they are advised of actually stand uh, subsequently. We can't have a situation where the European uh, Commission is retrospectively rewriting those rules. So it is hugely important, not alone for Ireland, but for Europe, that um, the appeals go ahead. Ireland has now appealed um, the European Commission uh, decision, um, which we believe is flawed. Apple has now um, uh, appealed the decision. Um, It is likely that that appeal will take quite some time. So we are once again back in a process. It was previously a three-year process which was investigatory. It's now going to be a a three-year judicial process. We will have to await the outcome. So is your main beef the fact that that the ruling is retrospective? It's looking backwards. The the, the point here is that the European... uh, The tax that was due in Ireland was paid in Ireland and the European Commission is trying to retrospectively impose a European Commission view of what what the taxation regime should be. It also is suggesting that Ireland should uh, collect this tax and should have collected the tax at the time. And yet at the same time, it's also saying that this tax may be due elsewhere, elsewhere in Europe or elsewhere in the US. Mm. Uh, That, in my view, is internally contradictory. Right. Um, But the Commission has also claimed that uh, Apple was paying less than 50 euro in tax for every 1 million euro in profit that it was making, Uh, that it's Irish Based subsidiaries uh, were making. I suppose there's a fairness issue here. You know, when a lot of people are put to the pin of their collar and they hear this kind of thing, it kind of makes them wonder about the fairness of the taxation system uh, and it makes them feel that they're perhaps 
uh, carrying a heavy, heavier burden than, let's say, some of the foreign uh, companies coming into Ireland? So I think part of the answer to the question is uh, you articulated yourself, which is the commission has said this. Mm. Um, so uh, and the um, company has, uh, as you know, taken issue with that uh, characterization. And um, I, I would also say that it is for governments to uh, set uh, tax policy and then my expectation is that companies abide by that, uh, the taxation um, policies and rules that are set down. In Ireland's case, they're set down in statute. Revenue have no discretion about how they apply those rules. And, uh, you know, our expectation is the companies would follow them. Yeah. OK, all right. Well, it's it's too big an issue, I suppose, to get into here. But let's just talk about some of the issues, um, other issues facing Ireland. I mean, you, you've sort of called out this morning that competitiveness. We need to be very careful on that front. Uh, going forward and housing uh, has become a, a big issue hasn't it I mean the availability of housing to uh, for these you know new jobs that are being created whether it's by foreign investors or being created locally are you satisfied that we're doing enough on the housing front to meet the demand that's potentially there from foreign investors so yeah, so firstly yes we have um, called out competitiveness this morning and the importance of Ireland remaining competitive again to say you know we compete internationally uh, and and I suppose one of the things from an IDA perspective that's important is that Ireland stays ahead of our competitors in all respects. That includes cost, that includes investment in infrastructure, that includes the um, sustainability uh, and availability uh, of um, commer- uh, commercial property and residential housing. Undoubtedly, residential housing has become a, a pinch point. It is not something that has impacted significantly to date. Uh, I am happy that um, uh, this is top of the government priority list and the measures that are being taken. Uh, I think the trend uh, would seem to be going in the right direction if one looks at housing completions and um, in 2016 and planning permissions granted in 2016. Mm. They're on a significant upward trajectory. Still well below demand and, levels and, that are being predicted. And, and we need uh, clearly to see uh, more of uh, that. Uh, so uh, from an IDA perspective, yes, uh, we would like to see more um, uh, more uh, investment in that space. From a commercial property perspective, um, we um, there has been significant investment over the um, past two years. Uh, all one needs to do is look around the skyline in Dublin to see the number of cranes and the amount of commercial office space under construction. Some of that is also mixed use office space, so it's office and, um, and residential. Uh, and all of that obviously is positive from a, an idea perspective. Yeah, sure. Mind you, uh, rents have gone up beyond sort of where, where they were uh, at, at peak levels around the boom time. And hence the importance of increasing the supply and hence why mm. the metrics uh, which we have seen uh, from 2016 are encouraging because it's showing an increase. Yeah. This undoubtedly is one of the uh, impacts of having had a property bubble where developers and funders of development have been slow to come back into the market. We, we, we know what happened. We know why um, people have been slow to come back to the market. Uh, what we can see now, and particularly what we can see in the uh, positive figures that IDA has released this morning, is that the demand is there and the demand is likely to be there uh, going forward. So obviously we welcome any investment and development in this space. Yeah, but how might it inhibit our ability to absorb investment? Because, I mean, DAF said, um, have said this week that just 21,700 properties were listed for sale in December. That was the lowest number since January 07. And we know, of course, that rents have been soaring over the past couple of years, particularly in, in Dublin. And you can see from your figures that Dublin is obviously a, a popular location for a lot of this investment. 
Yeah, so obviously what I'm saying, I think, quite clearly is that, you know, we would welcome um, more development and more investment in this uh, in this space. And um, the trajectory is going the right uh, trajectory. Um, obviously, uh, increasing cost of any description uh, does not help us to win uh, investments. That's just the reality. But you also have to look at this in an international context where we're competing with, for instance, the city of London. We're competing with um, San Francisco. We're competing with New York, mm. where property prices and rental costs are uh, significantly higher. So that's, uh, I suppose, my view of the world. Yeah, OK. Um, let's talk a little bit about social media. We've had a huge uh, explosion of social media opportunities uh, in Ireland. A lot of uh, foreign investment. We have Silicon Docks, uh, as it's so dubbed, in Dublin. Um, but maybe just a few concerns about social media now. Maybe some of the businesses have plateaued. I mean, Twitter... Uh, announcing job losses and, you know, there's been a, re- a fair bit of restructuring and some commentators questioning its uh, business model going forward. Are you concerned that, um, about social media or do you still see it as an area of growth uh, in the years ahead? I, I think undoubtedly we will see uh, continued uh, growth in social media and we will continue to see uh, growth in technology-related um, companies. And technology is having an all-pervasive impact on all of our sectors. It isn't just social media or core technology companies. So whether it's cloud, social, mobile, data analytics, Internet of Things, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, roboticization, which will have a huge impact, both of those on uh, on employment in the future, virtual reality, augmented mm-hmm. reality, all of those things are um, areas which we are focused on, which we expect to see employment opportunities uh, in the future, where we expect to see investment in the future. We continually recalibrate um, our both our proposition and uh, the sectors uh, and subsectors that we're marketing to. We're seeing a huge amount of convergence uh, where uh, you see financial services and technology uh, melding into one another. Sometimes it's difficult to see whether uh, a company is a bank or whether it's a technology um, uh, company. We see uh, similar things happening uh, with medical devices and uh, uh, technology, similarly with pharma and the use of uh, big data. And part of our job is obviously to look at those trends, try to assess where they're going. We have a a front seat view in many Mm. cases because we're dealing with these companies directly and we're dealing with their investments and trying to ensure that we're positioning ourselves to win the next wave of investment. Right. Uh, Are you concerned that there might be job losses in Ireland at Twitter? I'm not going to comment, uh, Kieran, as you know well, on any individual company. Right. Um, well, let's talk about uh, the IDA uh, itself. Are, are you happy that you have sufficient resources? It's an important job you're doing. You're selling Ireland to the world. Are you, are you happy that you have uh, sufficient resources to do that? Or have you plans for expansion uh, of your office uh, base around the world? So, yes, as I said earlier this morning, I am happy that uh, we have the resources that are required in um, 2017. Uh, we added uh, headcount in our overseas offices over the past um, uh, two years under a programme called uh, Winning Abroad. Um, we have received additional funding in 2017 to invest in um the property portfolio and that will uh, help our investments in advanced technology buildings, advanced office buildings, also in business and technology parks around the country and uh, acquiring strategic uh, sites. Which, how, much, how much did you get? Which are uh, uh, utility intensive. Uh, there will be 36 um, um, million euro uh, in our property budget uh, this year. Um, 
that uh, is very positive. Um, you know, as the head of a state agency, I'm never going to say we have everything we, uh, we, we want. Uh, obviously, we're in a very competitive uh, environment, and but we work uh, very well with uh, our minister, Mary Mitchell O'Connor, and our parent department and indeed other departments uh, in ensuring that uh, we secure those uh, resources and that we work in a complementary fashion as well with other agencies. Okay, so just uh, finally, Martin, I want you to maybe look into your crystal ball and just predict for us in terms of 2017, the outturn for this year, do you think it can top last year or would you expect it to be there or thereabouts? Yeah, um, uh, my hope, given that last year and this year have are record years, that if we can um, come close to achieving that again in um, 2017. Mm. You're, you're talking talk- about 15 and 16. I'm, talk- I'm talking about 15 and 16. Um, uh, if we achieve uh, something similar or coming close to that in 2017, it will be a fantastic uh, outturn and it will go a long way towards achieving the very ambitious targets that we set out in our strategy, which are, you know, represent an over 40% increase on the previous five years. Okay, Martin Shannon, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Martin Shannon of the IDA for joining us on the show. Declan Conlon produced a podcast with Rob O'Sullivan as sound engineer. Don't forget, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today, email at irishtimes.com. And if you'd like to make any comments or suggestions about Inside Business, you can contact us by email at businesspodcast at irishtimes.com. You can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 